Hi everyone, and welcome to The Seed Podcast, part of our teaching ministry here at the Central Church in Fayette, Alabama. The Seed exists for one reason only, and that is to lift up the Word of God in order that Jesus Christ might be known and worshipped as King. We invite you to join us now as we dive in to today's message. We are going to read Hebrews chapter 11, if you'll look with me. In verse 28 and 29, it says, Through faith he kept the Passover, talking about Moses, and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, assaying to do, were drowned. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you for the opportunity that you give me. Uh, to be in the presence of these fine people, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity that you give me to, uh, to share with them in the Word of God. Thank you for Brother Jordan. Thank you for Miss Priscilla, the kids. Lord, what a, Lord, what a, uh, what a group of leaders that they are for this church, for this community. Lord, Central has been so blessed uh, for them to be, be here as part of their church family leading and also for our community. I thank you for our friendship. And Lord, I thank you for, most importantly, the friendship that we have with one another because we all have a relationship with you for those of us who have put our faith and trust in you. We praise you for that. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'd be honored and glorified with everything that's said or done. Lord, I pray you'll forgive me of anything that's between you and I right now. And Lord, just help me not to say anything or do anything that would not be pleasing to you. Lord, I pray you'd be magnified, honored, and glorified tonight. And just I pray that you'll be with each need of each individual. I don't know what every need is, but you do. And Lord, as we look at the Red Sea, we all face Red Seas in our life. Lord, and some are facing them right now in this sanctuary. Lord, I pray that you would meet their need where they're at. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us to keep our eyes fixed upon you. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for loving us. And Lord, we want to praise you above all for Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for standing. Y'all can be seated. If you, you can hold your place there at Hebrews. You don't have to, but if you'll turn with me now to Exodus chapter 13. We're going to read just a few verses in chapter 13 and read much, if not all, of chapter 14 as we go down through what we want to talk about tonight. But uh, Brother Sam, he talked about Moses and just did did an outstanding job and spoke to my heart a couple of weeks ago. And as I was thinking and, and contemplating upon what to talk about dealing with specifically the Red Sea, we was talking about Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, I've been at, uh, been at Bethel now for this October will be five years, it's hard to believe. Uh, first church that I've ever pastored, and I'll be okay if it's the, the last church that I ever pastor. The people there just are so good to us. Uh, just have a, uh, a strong bond with the, uh, with the people there, with the church heritage and history. My mom grew up there, got saved there. I have grandparents buried there, aunts and uncles. So just it's a special place to me and my family, and we, we are so thankful to be there. And as we began uh, pastoring there, we tried to start back having a Wednesday night Bible study. And, and so very soon we started a study dealing with specifically the Red Sea. And 
it was, a, it was an in-depth study of some things that we can take upon ourselves and, and uh, that will help us as we reflect back to what, the, what God's chosen people were facing and going through, but what, how we can take that uh, for today, for what we face today. And so I want to try to help you with that this evening, some thoughts that we shared over an extensive Bible study, try to condense it down to some things that would be helpful for us right now. But if you'll uh, look with me to Exodus chapter 13, uh, and we'll read verse 18 here in just a moment. But the assumptions are that we have challenges in life and we usually initially react with fear or panic. I think most of us will say a lot of times, and you can relate here, try to relate here to what the Israelites were facing as they were uh, leaving Egyptian bondage and just trying to uh, you know, put your mind and heart there where what they had been facing, what they had been going through, and that God had redeemed them and restored them and, and they were now free from this Egyptian bondage. But now they are facing what seems to be uh, a trap, an insurmountable uh, op obstacle in their way. And we, just like them, oftentimes when we're faced with that, we will, uh, we will react the same way, with fear, with panic. The encouragement from Scripture, though, is that God wants us praising Him even in the midst of panic or pain, some of you even this, this evening are sitting here dealing with maybe some panic. Many of you are dealing with pain. But to move from panic to praise or pain to praise, we need to often be reminded of some things when dealing with our red seas of life. And so the first thing I want to share with you is, first thing, you need to realize that God means for you to be where you are. Just like God meant for them to be where they were at that moment in that time. If you were to look up the word sovereign in, in the dictionary, you'd find words and phrases like superior, greatest, supreme in power and authority, ruler and independent of all others. That definition is given in what we, uh, in, in, our, in our dictionary now, but, but the way I like to explain uh, sovereignty deal, when dealing with God is simply to say God is in control. He is absolutely in control of your obstacle, no matter what you're facing this evening, no matter what you have been facing and come out of. There's absolutely nothing that happens in the universe that is outside of God's influence and authority. As King of kings and Lord of lords, God has no limitations whatsoever. It means the sovereignty of God, Him being the ultimate source of all power, all authority and everything that exists. Only God can make those claims. Therefore, it's God's sovereignty that makes Him superior, as we use that word as one of the defining words for sovereign. He, him superior to all other uh, little g-gods uh, that we see all around us. And that makes Him and Him alone worthy of all praise. Amen? He is the only one uh, that is worthy of praise. And we need to recognize God's sovereignty in our lives and, and to rest in that sovereignty. That's what uh, this first thought uh, that I wanted to share with you is we need to realize that God means for you to be where you are. 
So when you realize that, it helps us to recognize God's sovereignty in our lives and to rest in that sovereignty. This evening, as we embark on this journey uh, along with the children of Israel here, it's important for us to take an honest look at where we all currently are. Take a personal examination this evening. Where are you at? Where are you at right now? Are you facing any challenges in life? Everybody shake your head. Yes. Because you are. You know, we're not, we're all here uh, in understanding that we live in a fallen world in this fallen body and we're all facing something. Uh, we're all facing challenges in life, whether it be family, whether it be your job, whether it be school, uh, whether it be health. But what, ask yourself this question, what specifically is the challenge you're facing? Uh, take a mental note of that right now. Think about that right now. You don't have to think very long. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Also, ask yourself this. How are you responding to that challenge? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it panic? I can, you know, when I'm preaching to you, I preach to me first because God, I, I want to share whatever God plays on my heart. So I too struggle and have struggled many times in my life with fear, with panic, with worry, anxiety, fill in the blank. I'm guilty of this oftentimes in my life. But even though we may be worried or fearful, God wants to take us to a place of faith and praise in spite of that fear. In spite of you've got an insurmountable obstacle in front of you such as a Red Sea, in spite of you look behind you and the enemy is coming and there's no way out. Only place to go, only thing to do is to look up and say, God, you're in control. I'm not. Just be reminded he's got you in the place exactly where he wants you in that moment. God wants to place us and put us, position us in a place of faith and praise. To get there, though, we have to take the first step. That is to realize God means for us to be where we are. That's the first reminder. Read with me here in Exodus chapter 13, verse 18. It says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Notice there it says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness. Now look down to verse 20. It says, And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Piahirath, between Migdal and the sea over against Baalzephon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. So notice there, God did indeed lead them to the Red Sea. God lets His people experience difficulties. Amen? Or oh me. Both, I'd say. There's been plenty of times that I've needed to say amen, but I said, oh me. Why, God? Why now? Why here? Where are you? And you can sense that here as we'll read further. But God lets His people oftentimes experience 
difficulties as he led his chosen people here to the Red Sea. John chapter 16 verse 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. In 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And praise God for Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Amen? But that doesn't mean it's not going to be easy. Oh me. Oftentimes we want the easy route. And that doesn't mean we want to face a Red Sea. I don't, you don't, the Israelites here, they sure didn't. But we need to realize that God means for you and I, just as He did His chosen people there, to be where you are at your Red Sea. Secondly, you need to be more concerned for God's glory than for your relief. He should be honored. He should be glorified. That should be a preeminence of everything in our life. We oftentimes need to shift from a self-centered to a God-centered approach to our problems by asking the question, how can God be glorified through this situation? Instead of asking God, why me? Why now? I don't want to be here, God. I don't need this right now, God. Read with me Exodus chapter 14 and verse 3. It says, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so, the Bible says. Now look down to verse 10 of Exodus chapter 14. It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Notice there, if you will, in verse 11 and 12, notice there all the personal references. Us. We. God, He intended to get glory or gain honor from the Red Sea experience. But this is for mine and your benefit to be reminded. It's not about you. It's not about me. We all are saying, why God, why me? I, I, me, me, us, us. And you see that here, referenced here, 
In verse 11, And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Not much of God going on there. Not much of glory, God's glory being focused on there. But this is for reminding your benefit also that God is complete in and of Himself. He is in control. He needs nothing or no one to complete Him. We're created to need God for our completion. Our sins have been separated have separated us from Him, and when He's glorified or made known, people gravitate to Him for their own completion. I, I'm so grateful and thankful tonight to stand before you and tell you uh, that I am complete in Christ. I'm not perfect, praise God, one day He is perfecting me, and one day I will be uh, just as He is, and I will be in a perfect state. Uh, but I have had that missing piece. I talked about in our recent Bible school, talking about we're all uh, a puzzle. God, we're God's creation. We all like to, uh, at some point or another, you may not like to, I won't put words in your mouth, but we've all created a puzzle. And we all enjoy finishing that puzzle. And there's no sense of, uh, of completeness or wholeness Come, uh, until that puzzle is complete. And when you get to the last missing piece and you can't find that, find that piece for nothing, it's awful. But when you finally find it and you complete that puzzle and you see it's completely whole, what a sense of satisfaction. And that's the way God is with us. I mean, He's created us that, that with a missing piece that can only be filled with Him. We try to fill it with a lot of things like sports. I've, I've been there, done that. Still struggle with that. That's an old me for me. There's other things. There's some things for you. I see a lot of y'all kind of nodding. You, it, you, Satan, the old, the old accuser, will get into him in just a moment. He knows what your weakness is. He knows what your struggle is. He knows where to get your attention away from God. Our sins, as I mentioned, that's what separated us from Him. But when we found Him, we found the missing piece. We found forgiveness of sin, praise God. We found redemption. We found wholeness, completeness. We were completed in Him. And He was glorified then in mine and your life when you accepted Him as Lord and Savior. And when you proclaim Him and share Him, you are honoring and glorifying Him. When you face your Red Sea and the enemy is coming behind you because you're going to, if you're not right now, you will be approaching and coming up to your Red Sea, and the enemy will be coming after you. How will you respond? People's watching you. People's listening to you. God can be glorified. He can be honored in how you do respond. And when He's glorified or made known, people do gravitate to Him for their then on completion. So God's glory being manifested becomes a benefit to humanity. Don't forget that word, benefit. We'll close with that later this evening. Psalms chapter 115, verse 1, we talked about how they're repetitive about why us, God, us, us, we, we, I, I. Listen to Psalms 115, 1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy 
And for thy truth's sake. Amen? You, God. It's, it's for you, not me. For you. So we need to understand and be more concerned for God's glory than for our relief. We also need, thirdly, to acknowledge our enemy, but keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to realize Satan may indeed be involved, no doubt, in our difficulties, but to continue to trust God regardless. Now, I'm not always saying, we, we should not go around all the time saying, devil made me do it. Okay, I'm just, that's, that's, that's not, we shouldn't. Is he at fault? Absolutely. But guess what? You're a sinner, I'm a sinner. Sin is at fault at the end of the day. Okay? Sin is at fault. Satan did not make Adam and Eve partake of the forbidden fruit. He didn't make them. Sin is what causes all of our issues. But you do have an enemy that's, that's hounding you, that's after you, and when you reach your Red Sea, he's a coming down your path. And he's wanting you to give up. And he's wanting you to focus on your Red Sea and on him and not on God. And so we need to realize Satan may indeed be involved in our difficulties, but to continue to trust God regardless. Ask yourself this question. What comes to your mind when you hear the word Satan or devil? What words? We, we could share those different ones. Uh, deceiver, accuser, liar. Murderer. Read with me here, Exodus chapter 14. Look at verse 5. It says, and it, and it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pahiroth before Baal-zephon. So they're, they're there at the Red Sea. The enemy is coming. And how did the Israelites react when they saw the Egyptian armies coming? Look at verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Notice what Moses' advice for the fear, fearful Israelites were. Look at verse 13. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. You can see that Moses didn't tell the people to pretend they didn't have an enemy. And that's what oftentimes, a lot of times, people will say. Or, or people will act like there is no enemy. I don't, what are you talking about? You know, uh, some people will treat the devil like he's... he's oh, oh you, you devil, you. You get on out of here, devil. You silly devil. Like he's that cartoon character with a, a pitchfork and a pointed tail. 
That's not Satan at all. Moses didn't tell the people to pretend they didn't have an enemy because that would be denial. They did, in fact, have an enemy, and he was coming. They were coming. Moses, though, told them to focus on God. And that's what he tells us today. That's what our focus should be on God, not the enemy. The enemy is after you. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates you, hates your family. He wants nothing but for you to have complete and total destruction. He wants eternal separation from you and God. He wants that for your family. Uh, when you, uh, when you uh, give your heart and your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ, He's not going to leave you alone. He's actually going to turn it up a whole other level because he, he doesn't want you then to uh, proclaim and honor and glorify your God at your Red Sea. And with the enemy coming, He wants you to panic just as the Israelites did here. The Bible says they were sore afraid. But Moses told them to focus on God. And that's what we must do at our Red Sea. James chapter 4 verse 7, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. A lot of people take this out of context and won't say the whole verse. They'll just utilize part of it and they'll say resist the devil and he will flee. That's true. But it's not entirely true until you read the entire verse. Before that, you must submit yourselves therefore to God. Then resist the devil. Then he will flee. In that order. You can't get it out of order. Because it don't work. Because I've tried it. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The fact is though, your enemy won't stay away from you for very long. He's going to come back around again. But then you have to continue to practice your submission to God and resistance of the devil. And guess what? He'll flee from you again. You know how I know? Because I've done that as well. I've experienced that. That is God's promises. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. We need reminded that we're told to resist the enemy. We don't deny his presence, but neither do we ascribe more power to him uh, than is warranted, which is what a lot of people are doing, giving Satan more power than he actually deserves. Uh, again, our focus is to remain on the Lord. That's what Moses is telling the Israelites. So we should not only acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on the Lord. We also, we also should pray. Pray. Simply pray. We need to consistently pray during our Red Sea obstacle, trial, whatever it is you're facing. Whatever that insurmountable uh, obstacle that you're facing in your life, you need to consistently be in prayer. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. So even more so when facing our Red Sea, should we be uh, on our hands and our knees and our face to an almighty God, and we sense that, we see that they finally, finally called upon the Lord, it says, uh, and, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Well, wouldn't you? Red Sea's in front of you, the enemy's coming, there's no way out. God help me. There's nothing left to do. I've even noticed that the vast majority of people that don't pray when they're in pain or they're panicking, you know what they do? They pray. They call on God. You ever seen an atheist call on God? I have. Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 
It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now don't, don't take me out of context. I have seen an atheist pray out, but they don't have a relationship with God. Doesn't mean they can't, though. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. All you got to do is believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And I know of some atheists that have come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and they truly do pray now because they have a relationship with God. But the fact of the matter is when you get pushed into a corner and when you face your Red Sea and the enemy's behind you and there's no way out, you're going to have no other option than to pray. Look again at this verse 10 that I just read. Break down this verse according to three actions of the Israelites. It says they lifted their eyes. They saw and feared greatly. They were sore afraid. And they cried out to the Lord. Some people may think the Israelites had great, this immense amount of faith. But Exodus chapter 14 verse 11 and 12 seems to indicate otherwise. Look at that. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness? Notice their lack of faith there in these two verses. Even though their prayers may have lacked great faith, though, what I want you to notice is God still heard their cries. Many people may think they and their prayers must be perfect before God hears them. The example of the imperfect prayers, though, that we find here of the Israelites should encourage you and I today. You just remember when Peter, Peter was, uh, had such great faith, he stepped out of that boat. And when he stepped out on the water and was walking with Jesus, what great faith! But Matthew chapter 14, verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now, I don't know about you, that gives me great encouragement. So many other stories that we could share in the Bible of, of, of times where people of great faith, but they wavered in that faith. But yet still, God still heard their cry. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. So we need to pray. What we also need to do as we face our Red Seas, we need to stay calm and confident and give God time to work. Do you know what obsessing is? Does anybody obsess over things? Maybe I'm the only one. For our purposes, I refer to it as focusing at the same time on everything and anything that is or could potentially go wrong in our lives. You ever done that? I have. Worry, fear, panic, even leads to emotions like hyperventilation. Anybody ever done that? I have. But these emotions come about 
because our focus is on the wrong thing. Notice again what Moses said to fight against this. Verse 13, Exodus chapter 14, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. I like verse 14 a lot. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Moses proclaimed phrases such as, See the salvation of the Lord. He will work for you today, and the Lord will fight for you. What was he trying to get the Israelites to comprehend? With the Red Sea, there was a lot going on, no doubt about it. And people were obsessing about all of it. The Red Sea, the Egyptians are coming. I mean, everything's falling apart. The world is over. Obsessing, focusing on the negative. This produced fear. Panic, hysteria. I'm sure some, if there was a such thing back then as hyperventilating, they were hyperventilating. There wasn't any bags to blow into back then, I don't guess. <laughs> However, they were trying to deal. They were trying to deal. But Moses was trying to get them to take a deep breath and calm down. God was not asleep or unaware of their circumstances. He was in control. So they needed to give Him the opportunity to work on their behalf. In essence... Let go and let God. Easier said than done. As simple as that though. Let go and let Him. Also, when we're facing our Red Sea, when unsure, and there's uncertainty when you're facing your Red Sea. There's uncertainty when there's nowhere else to turn to except God. You don't know a way out. But when unsure, just take the next Logical step of faith. Just the next step. I trust You, Lord. I don't know what my next step is going to lead me to, but I'm trusting You. I'm just taking that next step of faith. Look at verse 15 of Exodus 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. That's trust. Just take the next step. We're experiencing that as a family right now. There's a lot of transition in our family. I recently stepped down at the school. Candace is filling in that spot that I'm going to. So there's some unknown. Praise God. I, I know he's called me to preach. And, and, and praise God, pastor at Bethel. There's great certainty there and assurance and peace. And I praise God. And there's peace about my decision to step away. But there is uncertainty about what is the next step for me. Because i got to still continue to work and provide for my family. I don't know what that is. So that uncertainty can sometimes cripple you. All I know to do is God's going to take care. And when unsure, and I'm unsure right now, just take the next logical step by faith. That's all He's commanded me to do. Luke chapter 11, verse, 30, uh, verse 3, Jesus said, Give us day by day our daily bread. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. God desires and we need constant daily fellowship with Him. He desires that for us. He desires to commune with you and I and we need that constantly, constantly 
daily to fellowship with our Creator, our God, our Lord and our Savior. If we knew His entire plan at once, we may take it and run. It's in that daily dependent relationship with Him that we discern His will and receive His power for living. Amen? Let go and let God. When unsure, just take the next logical step of faith. We also, when facing our Red Sea, we need to envision God's enveloping presence all around us. We need to implement steps that help us practice the presence of God in our lives. Look at Exodus 14, 19. It says, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Miraculous. Uh, God uh, intervened there for His people. Regardless of how the scene actually appeared, God was sharing His presence with His children, and He wants to do the same for you and I. No matter what you're facing, no matter what Red Sea you're encountering, no matter as the enemy is, is coming down uh, behind you, God wants us to know we're not alone as we face life's problems. He is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. As we face our Red Sea, not only envision God's enveloping presence, that just makes me, uh, it warms my, my spirit in verse 19 and verse 20 there, of God's surrounding presence on His people. But we also need to trust God to deliver in His own unique way. Because I don't know what's best for Bill, but He does. You don't know what's best for you and your family better than God. He knows what you need, your wife needs, your husband needs, your son needs, your daughter needs your family needs, your church needs, your pastor, what he needs. Every single one of you, God knows, and we need to trust God to deliver in His own unique way. We need to trust and expect God to act on our behalf in the midst of our Red Seas. Look at Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. It says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them uh, to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked into the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. 
there remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Trust God to deliver in His own unique way. Do you think that for one second that all those Israelites, as they saw the Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptians are coming behind them, do you think for one second, hey, God's fixing to part this water and we're fixing to walk through it? You think anybody thought that? Just like you and I, when we face our Red Sea, we may feel like we've got the best answer. But what God wants to get us is from the very beginning, He's got you where He wants you. And all it is is to get you to look up to Him and say, I can't, but you can. Here I am, Lord. You got it. Let go and let God. I'm letting go and I'm letting you. When we face our Red Seas, in view of your current crisis, we need, to, we need to view that current crisis as a faith builder for the future. That's what God wants for you and I to build our faith. Look at verse 30, Exodus 14. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. Sometimes it takes a Red Sea with nowhere else to turn, nowhere else to go for us to see with our own eyes God do a work. And when we see that, our faith is built. And it builds our faith for our future Red Seas that you're going to face. Some of you have faced a recent Red Sea with the enemy attacking and you've made it to the other side and you're on your way to another Red Sea. It's not for me to uh, be a Debbie Downer or be negative Nancy, uh, but no, it's not to focus on your Red Sea or the enemy. That is this world that we live in, but it's to focus on the one who can get you to the other side of your Red Sea. You don't have the answers. He does. Lastly, when we're facing our Red Sea, we need to never to forget to praise Him. Here, the Israelites, God had brought them to the other side. Look at Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1. It says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord. For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare Him in habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt Him. Amen? It took a Red Sea for Him to get there. and Sometimes it does for you and I. But we, we need to never forget to praise Him, no matter what. No matter if you're facing the Red Sea and you're not on the other side of it. No matter if the enemy is coming behind you and there's no way out. Don't forget to praise Him. I'll leave you with this, this passage in Psalm chapter 103, verse 1 and 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all His benefits. There's benefits to following the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank You so much for Your precious Word. Lord, we thank You for this story and what, what a faith builder it is for me personally. Lord, as I have faced Red Seas before and I, I'm facing some right now, honestly, and You know that. Lord, I pray you continue to help me to recognize you've got me exactly where you want me. And Lord, just help me. Lord, as my last point there was just not to forget to praise you because you're worthy of it. You're a good God. You're a holy God. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you are doing. And I praise you for what you're going to do. I praise that for me personally and my family. I praise it for our church at Bethel. Lord, I praise it for Central here. You're doing a magnificent, uh, unbelievable work here. And I thank you for the opportunity that you've given our church family to be a part of this and worship together. Thank you for Brother Jordan and his leadership here and Priscilla and the kids. Continue to bless them and meet their needs. Thank you for this community. Lord, I pray for the VBS this weekend that you'll bless it in a special way. Thank you for Sam and August. Lord, just leading that, the Better Together uh, community outreach, Lord, just continue to meet that need and, and bless, Lord, I pray for souls to be saved. Lord, we pray for the future festival of hope, Lord, that we see so many souls come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, just help us to get to the place and the point where we recognize we can't do anything without you, Lord. Help us to let go and let you. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for loving us. And we praise you for Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We thank you again for joining us this week at Central. And may the Lord Jesus Christ be magnified in your life today. Thank you.